Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So good morning, everyone. So in this sitting period every day, we'll be giving the some guided instructions and sometimes have a chance for questions. Today we'll be talking about the sitting meditation and the walking meditation, which are the main building blocks of our schedule here. And basically we'll be doing similar practice of awareness, mindfulness, trying to be present with open-heartedness with what's happening and know that in a direct way through experience. So we'll start from the beginning. And those of you who have practiced for some time, some of this will be a little bit of review. And also if you have developed your practice already so that it's opened up, uh, you can continue with that. Again, I'll talk a little bit about the posture of meditation sitting. So in this tradition, we're quite open really about what posture and different people have different bodies. So it's possible to find a posture that might work for you that will be different than the person sitting next to you. So generally speaking, a posture that helps you to be able to be stable and to have as much steadiness of body as possible is helpful. So the stability of the body supports the stability of the mind. Sometimes we talk about sitting like a mountain. So you could sit steady and then that way you could be with everything else that seems to appear in the mental world, in the physical world. So you can sit on a chair as I'm doing. And if so, you could even uh, check that out. What's a good posture in a chair? You could sit on the ground, cross-legged. And you could sit uh, kneeling posture also. So one concept that helps some people is this idea of having, for stability's sake, a tripod. So for Sitting, it would be on a chair, your two legs, and so it can be helpful to keep them a little bit apart. That creates stability this way, and then your butt on the chair is the third point. And then you can see what seems most helpful, whether it's to have contact with the back of the chair, if that is supportive to your back, or for some people, if they find themselves a little sleepy or something like that, sometimes if your back is strong enough to sit a little bit further up in the chair, and then can practice having the uprightness of posture, sometimes almost like a string is pulling from the top of the head. So for sitting cross-legged, I will invite the help of my model here, Pascal. So similar kind of tripod thing is what you could consider. And here the knees are the two points of stability and then also the butt back on the cushion. 
And here he's like tipped the cushion uh, forward. He's sitting on actually the edge of the cushion, so sitting on the sitting bones like that. And he's playing a little bit with the way the back moves back and forth. So uh, kind of come to upright posture there instead of caved in. And then the way he's sitting is this one where the legs are like this, so they're not touching each other, they're both on the ground. For some people, they will find that they can put one leg on top, and that's good, or uh, unusual cases for Americans, you could put both legs and double lotus, don't worry about that at all. <laughs> also for some people, the knees are not touching the ground, and that's okay. That probably means that the hip joints are the ones that are uh, sort of loosening. So it's good not to force the knees down. You know, the knee only moves this one way. It does. It's not a ball joint. So you could put something under the knee, like what Pascal is now doing, to help support if the knee is not touching the ground. Right? And then if you're sitting with the kneeling posture, then you could put a cushion or the bench um, like this, like he's doing, and then just settle back on the cushion. And then if you want on your, the round thing is uh, zafu, this square thing, zabutan. You can move back a little bit like he's doing, so your little toes hang off the edge, if that feels more comfortable. Uh, And then similarly, kind of the upright back, so you can play with that. And then for some people, they find as they're sitting, uh, thank you, Pascal, you can return to your posture. Uh, sometimes people find as they're sitting in the cross-legged or kneeling posture that um, their arms kind of hanging down a little too much. So then you could put something, sweatshirt, whatever, uh, blanket, on your lap or a cushion like this. Now another model is coming here. So then you can actually rest the arms there. Sometimes that relieves a little strain that might be in the shoulders if without it. So you can play with that a little bit as we go along. There's no perfect posture, and uh, part of what we learn through the practice is that uh, the body is a source of dukkha. There's pain and (laughs) discomfort in the body, so there's no perfect posture from which there will be absolutely zero uh, bodily discomfort forever. Uh, So you don't need to search for that, but comfortable enough that you could be, you know, feel uh, not dread when you're coming into the hall is good. So, you know, the physical posture in some ways is just, by the by, a way of supporting us, but really what we're doing is a practice of awareness. So we're actually bringing our attention to what's happening in this moment. So understanding, you know, what is this life that is unfolding? Uh, What is the nature of the body, of the mind, uh, the driving question that the Buddha had himself was around suffering. So like, what is what is this suffering, this dukkha, this difficulty that is there inherent in our life? And what is the source of that? What is the cause of that? But you might have your own questions about who am I or connecting to uh, your experience more closely. So as we practice the meditation, we're going to be doing a couple of things in our uh, training, you could say. So the first is actually collecting the attention that usually is quite scattered around. So collecting the attention 
and then directing it towards knowing what is happening in this moment. So the collecting of attention could be called a focusing or uh, sometimes a concentration, but it's really not a bearing down kind of concentration. It's really just a gathering. So for many people in the beginning of retreat, uh, it's a very common experience where a lot of the uh, effort goes to just noticing when the attention has scattered again into uh, daydreaming or drifting something and then just collecting again. So this kind of movement back and forth. So mostly we're just being present with whatever is there in the experience and really with curiosity and an openness and even a, a kindness if it's possible. So as I was talking about the warmth of silence that's possible for us as a community. Similarly, if it's possible to bring some loving attention to knowing what's happening right now. So it's very helpful to have a sense of relaxation also. You know, we don't have to be concocting something We really don't have to be making experience different than it is at all. For many people it helps to have a kind of a place to bring the attention for the purpose of collecting it. And this could be varied. So you can bring your attention to the experience of breathing. Uh, as a place to generally kind of just rest. If you're doing this, then you can just sit and breathe naturally. And you can try this now. So just allow the body to breathe as it already has been doing your entire life. And then you can just notice wherever it's easiest for you to connect with this. So it could be that you're feeling your chest expanding, contracting. It could be you're feeling your belly rising, falling. It could be you're feeling it in the nostrils as the air is entering and leaving. So just very gently placing awareness wherever it's easiest to notice this and then receiving these sensations that are already happening without any effort on your part. As you're connecting with this experience of breath, for some people it's easier to be with the whole body in some way. So just feeling the physical body as it's, as you're sitting here. And whatever the sensations are that are apparent in that breathing being part of it, but in a more sort of diffuse way, feeling the whole body as it's breathing. And in contact with the cushion, the ground, chair, 
Or another possibility might be to check in with the sense of hearing as a place to rest attention. So in this you would be opening awareness to the field of hearing Just allowing whatever sounds are there to arise naturally and become aware of them. Allow them to arise and pass away as they do. So if the attention has gone to uh, thinking or planning, daydreaming, remembering any of this, you can just notice that. And you can in fact label this just to know that thinking is happening. So thoughts are not the enemy in this practice. We do not have to eradicate them. Just we're practicing knowing what is happening, knowing that thinking is happening. Usually as you see that it's happening, it might dissolve. But if it doesn't, you could just know that that's happening and be aware of it. And then bring the attention back gently. Gently, kindly, again, rest with the breath or the body, hearing. This might happen hundreds, maybe even thousands of times in one sitting, and that's perfectly okay. So this is the training of attention, and each time we are developing wakefulness, each time that we wake up and realize that we didn't know what was happening, we are now again aware of what's happening. to connect with mindfulness, with an awareness of what's happening in this moment, just as it is. Trying to notice the difference between our ideas of what's happening and what's actually happening. Between our interpretation of what's happening and the direct experience. So we'll practice together in this way.
If you find that you're feeling a bit sleepy, it's possible to keep the eyes open with the gaze a little bit downwards. Practice with the eyes open. So you can just notice whether there's a way in which you're not relaxed in your attention. Or even in the physical body, if you're starting out with some clinging or tightness. Just relax the face, around the eyes, the jaw, shoulders. and just receiving the sensations of the breath or of hearing or of the body. So just feeling whatever those are, the temperature, the sense of contraction, expansion, things be as they are, (coughs) as the breath or the body moves or changes.
just noticing where the attention is. Just bringing a curious interest to what it's like to be alive and breathing right now. Not through thinking about it, but through knowing it with awareness. pleasant, it could be unpleasant, it could be boring, it could be fascinating. Is it possible for us to know this, regardless of how it's presenting our life?
You can notice also the quality of attention. So, is there an open, relaxed attention or is there a wafty attention? Is there any unnecessary sense of striving? Are we half present and half engaged with our daydreams, our thoughts? Can we bring a wholeheartedness? To the practice of attending to this moment. If it's helpful, you can try a practice of noting lightly in your mind what it is that you're aware of. 
So if you're attending to the breath, you could very lightly note breathing in, breathing out, or just in, out, or rising, falling. Whatever word helps you to connect with awareness to what's happening in the body. Similarly, if the attention goes to a sound, you can note hearing. If it goes to objects of the mind, you could note thinking, planning, remembering. Just to help frame what it is that is the object of attention. If you're doing this practice, 95% of the energy is on the awareness of the experience itself. Only a very small amount is on the labeling. And you don't need to get hung up on what word to use for the labeling. Whatever comes is okay. So soon you will hear the sound of the bell. It will mark the end of our practice period together.
when you hear the sound of the bell, I invite you to shift your attention to the experience of hearing, if you've not already been resting there. See if you can connect to the experience of hearing as the sound of the bell arises, (coughs) rings out, and then passes away. If the attention wavers during that time, you can notice that, and then gently bring it back again to the sound of the bell. You can see if you can stay with that sound for as long as it's ringing out. When there's no more ringing at all, then you can open your eyes. I'll return to the group. For those of you who are new, at the end of the sittings, you'll see people doing something like this, and it's a completely optional gesture for you. In this tradition, it's a sign of recognizing both appreciation for all of us having sat together, and also recognizing the possibility in ourselves and others for awakening. So a recognition of our uh, true nature. So if you like to do that, you can, but it's completely not mandatory to. So we'll be practicing in the sitting posture and then also in the walking posture. So I'd like to uh, share a little bit of instructions with you about how to practice walking meditation. The walking practice is equally as important, as fruitful, uh, as interesting and juicy as the sitting practice. Sometimes people think the sitting practice is like the real thing, and the walking meditation is like the filler, but this is not true. So Pascal will uh, give us some instructions for walking. I think it's such a radical thing to do. I'm always... um it's it's surprising to me this practice that we could be there, sit there, or walk like we'll do in a few minutes, and 
be in our lives. You know, we can spend, I don't know you, but I certainly could spend hours thinking about life, you know, considering life in all kinds of ways, you know, how it could be, how it should be, how it will be, how it might not be, how it could have been, you know, and then we do this radical thing to actually land in this life and learn to listen to it, which will, for us, um, kind of create the conditions for uh, appropriate response, you know, the more we listen, the more we're present to what is actually happening, it's going to be much easier for us to say no with the right tone, or to say yes, maybe not compulsively, but to really, like all the choices that uh, become possible when we're actually there for what is happening, you know, not assuming, not going to in a habitual way, yeah. Anyway, that's that's why I do this practice because I I want to be there to feel what is happening and then have the choice and decide how to be with what's happening. So we do that uh, do this as we sit, and we do this also. It's extremely important as we walk, as we move, because one could make the very sorry association between presence or mindfulness or quality attention listening skills, the association with this and stillness. So imagine if we think that this is only possible when we're still with eyes closed, maybe. That's, the, I mean, most of our day will be moving about, you know. So the walking meditation is very important so we can learn to actually be in movement, be in life, maybe even with the dominant sense available, the eyes open, and have a quality of listening to what's happening inside and outside, that is of, uh, you could say, refined or high quality or with some depth and breath, not just habitual, automatic, you know. And so, um, another thing that I find interesting that you might, I'm pretty sure you're gonna experience this week is, uh, so we come on retreat and we say, oh, can we just sit here for a few minutes there's nothing to do, no threat, we're just going to sit here, nothing is asked of us, you know. Or can we walk for a few minutes, you know. Even if walking is too straining for us, we could stand or sit outside, we'll look at this, you know. So it's not really, it's not a really big problem, you know, it's not a big challenge, you know. Can you do nothing for a few minutes? And then we'll see for ourselves how it can become complex and, you know, I should not be walking here, or I should be walking over there, or, you know, or it's not the place where I should be this week, I should be somewhere else, or I should be somebody else, or, you know, this, all this complexity. And so, if that happens to you, it's not a mistake. This is partly why we came. <laughs> so, don't think I'm bad. It's like, oh, look at this. The psyche is being revealed. All the stresses, all the assumptions about who I am and should be and how it should be are being revealed. So in a way, we're in a kind of a detox center here, you could say. We're clearing the heart and the mind in this way. So what's going to happen next in the, in the next sitting and walking periods is actually, it's good. It's good that all this stuff is being revealed if that's what happens. Another part of what can happen is that the mind, like Anushka was talking about, gathered itself, gathers itself. And, and there's an experience, maybe some experience of calm, or peace, or joy, or ease, or spaciousness, you know? So that's also part of what we come to experience it here and di discover. 
So the range of possibilities as you'll be sitting and walking is very wide. Now, more specific on the walking, um, the walking in this tradition, uh, if you're new to this practice here, is ac- actually very simple, but it's uh, formal, like as formal as like the sitting is as a form to it. So the walking, the way we do this is we go maybe outside or here, just in the room behind here or downstairs. Uh, there's plenty of space. There's a walking space in the building that you might have uh, seen. Uh, anyway, there's many sp- places to walk here on the ground. I think the manager talks about this. So we go and find a spot to do walking meditation and we walk back and forth on 10 pace, 15, 20 pace, you'll decide. But just we make sure that we're actually going nowhere in the f- inside this form. So we go from there to there. And at the end, we take a moment, we stop and we check where were we? Were we there or not? No judgment. It was just factual. Oh, was gone the whole time. I was in the past or in the future or in considering my life instead of experiencing it. You know. Then we turn around and we walk again across our little path that we created for ourselves. And then we try to see if we can be there as we walk. So what we're starting to do here this week is not easy. We're used to have our attention pretty much scattered, you know. I think of this, oh, I, should, I have to do this, and I'll do this, and I'll make... Blah, blah. And we're kind of... And now we're saying like, hey, let's really gather it and give full, complete, or as complete as possible, attention to what's happening. So the mind might rebel a little bit, like it's like, no! <laughs> you know, because it's it's not habitual right now, you know, it's unhabitual, if that, that word exists in English. And so, in a way, part of the job today, I think, is to reassure the mind, to say, yeah, of course, my love, you'll jump out, you know, and go towards something that is obsessive or you know, some, some obsession that I have or something, you can say, of course you'll do this, but let's try to stay here again. So kind of bring the mind, the attention back gently. We don't want to force this, it's not going to work, you know. So as you go do the walking, especially if you go outside, I would say, start by just opening up. This is a beautiful place here. If rural settings are not threatening to you, it's it's a beautiful place. (laughs) If they are, it's a little strange and you're not too sure about it. You know, uh, white rural Massachusetts, you know, not sure, you know. (laughs) So, but uh, if it works for you, open the senses. Just, you'll go out and find your little spot where you'll do walking and that probably is a it would be good to actually not cross path with somebody. It would make it complex. So keep it simple, a path where nobody runs into you, you know. And just stand there. Take a moment to breathe. Feel the quality of the air. This Today is a little bit less humid, I think, than yesterday. Just feel that. What we're going towards in the sitting and the walking, and you'll see in all other activities, is a kind of a quality connection. And a word we like to use is intimacy with what's happening, being really there. And so stand, take time to feel this aliveness in your body or maybe the touch of the slight wind on your skin, the standing, and then start just walking in your path and just feel what it's like to walk 
so unusual to know what posture we're in, no? Usually we're sitting to eat, to send emails, to convert, you know, to be aware that we're sitting is so primary, is so unseen, unfelt, you know? So know that you're sitting while sitting, while standing when you're about to walk, know that you're standing. It's that simple. Of course, the mind will be like, no, give me something else to fix, you know? No, can you just know you're standing? And now can you know, whoa, extreme sport. Can you know that you're walking while you're walking? Can you know that you're stepping while stepping? And you'll see how the mind will have an opinion about it, will want to fix it, walk better, stand better, you know? Keep it simple. We just want to know what's happening right now. And then slowly the mind, the attention will refine itself and uh, things will start to kind of appear more clearly. Like we'll get a little bit more sensitive in a balanced way. We'll, We'll feel more the surface of the skin. We'll feel more the stepping, the lifting of the foot. At the beginning it'll be like kind of very gross, you know, like, what do you mean? I know I'm walking, I know I'm sitting, you know, I know I'm standing. Well, do you really? You know, check again, check again. Very simple in this way. So maybe we could try a little something that's a classic thing to do when we give the walking instruction is to, um, to actually stand now, but careful. Do not stand to be standing. I know how you are, I'm like this too. I want to be efficient, I want to be up, but not this time, it's a little different. We want to stand to, st- to, n- to be there as we stand. Like it's a complete activity, it's not only to be up. Do you see what I mean? So I invite you, and it doesn't have to be weird <laughs> in any way, but just to stand and be there as you stand. Feel the movements and all the changes that are happening in the body. I mean, not all of them, some of them you can feel. If it's possible for you to stand, yeah, right now, Otherwise, you can stay sitting and bring the same quality of presence uh, to what's happening now. And just feel, if you're standing now, you'll feel a very, it's a different body suddenly. It's a different body experience than the one that was sitting there. So the bodily awareness we're talking about is not just like um, the kind of bodily awareness we often have, like my body should be different younger, smaller, bigger, more buffy, more something, when something like this is the experience of the body now. Maybe you feel something in your feet right now. Or in your pelvis, or hands. Just the uprightness in general. Again, we don't have to produce anything like Anishka was saying, concoct anything, we just, it's receptivity, availability. And see what happens if you sway on one side. Just feel 
a little difference there as your weight is on one side of your body, if it works for you. It's very simple, just feeling that. Again, doing this is to discover maybe who we are, but also to gather the mind and then sway to the other side if you want. The mind and the body comes, come together. And then if you want, let yourself sway at your own rhythm from side to side. And see if you can enjoy that, if it's possible. And then just stop for a moment, come back to relative stillness. You know what I like about about this, honestly, and every time I do it, it comes back clearly for me. Suddenly I don't need to be somebody else or acquire something. I'm just kind of swaying from side to side. And then there's something, there's enough life. It's plenty of life. So it's an experience of simplicity. Oh, I don't need to be somewhere else where there's more of this or more of that. It's just being there now. So if you want, you could take a step forward and just see what it's like to do that and be embodied in this way. Maybe a second step if you want, bring the other foot forward. And then move backward one time or two times and just feel, what is it you feel, the softness the skin touching the floor, the hardness, the movement, just this. Okay, so if you see your mind saying like, that's not enough, give me more, that, that's almost nothing, you know, that, that would be normal, you know, of course, you know, you've been busy all day, yesterday receiving, sending emails or thinking about stuff and now you're asking me to just feel a step, that's so boring but slowly we'll get into it, yeah. Hmm. So that's the practice there, yeah. So now, um, so we'll do this for um, more or less 45 minutes. The bell will ring 10 minutes before we come back and we'll spend most of the day alternating like this. And we'll talk more about, uh, of course, the sitting and the walking. An alternative, if the um, 45 minutes seem too long for you or uh, like you need to take care of your body, what is possible for you? For many of us, it will be possible to walk for uh, 40 minutes or so like this. And for some of us, it's not possible. So alternatives would be to just maybe go out and stand for a while or sit outside and then what you could do, and you could do this in walking also if you want to play with this, if you sit outside, uh, you could bring your attention to seeing. Let this universe be revealed. Color, luminosity, shapes, this kind of sensitivity that we have. Often we seek to get information to do things, and now let yourself be aware that seeing is happening. You have that sensitivity for 20, 30 seconds, or as you walk across one time, then bring your attention to hearing. Let that universe be revealed. 
then feel the body for another 30 seconds or so and then drop in just the feet just to discover that the attention can become really precise it can be global we can feel the whole body and it can also be very minute go in the right big toe Wink, appear there and then come back to seeing hearing so that would be an alternative to walking or something you could do as you walk now if you have your device and you want as you walk out towards the walking uh, session or your walking spot if you want to drop your device in there uh, we'll take really good care of it um, and if you want to drop it later today the basket will stay there and if you want to drop it at the front office whichever size device you have that you want us to take good care of we will okay all right so let's try this we'll we'll do a q a later today so we can talk about uh, what works and doesn't work but please give it a good try enjoy Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.